So my name is uh, Simon Selin. I work as a lead data engineer at a company called Seven Bridges. So uh, I've been at Seven Bridges now for the last nine months. And uh, Seven Bridges is a supply chain company. Uh, so, or rather what we use, what we like to say is that we make supply chains smarter. So you know, what is this? Well, essentially, uh, a lot of the um, companies that ship things all over the world, they uh, currently have quite outdated systems and it can be anything from invoicing uh, to, you know, where should I send, where where will be the best place to put the warehouse for my ship, shipments, etc. And um, yeah, here's just a few bullet points to try to you know, explain that. So one of the main features, you know, kind of get again a bird's eye view of your entire supply chain um, and kind of look beyond what you're currently doing uh, to use your data more accurately. So a lot of these companies, um, they uh, have a lot of data, but they don't know how to use it. And in some cases, they don't have the time to use it. And uh, in general, as when we gather all these things, um we also so we also have an ai side to to the product where essentially we can do more on the recommendation side um uh, kind of real time predictions etc where the best shipments and uh, i'm gonna try to go a little bit more into depth so this is quite a technical chat uh, so this is also incredibly overly simplified, but uh, so Seven Bridges has had a main platform. And in this main platform, there's been a main database, uh, a relational database. And uh, all the applications have been talking to this uh, main database and also the BI reporting um, has been communicating with this. So very standard setup with, you know, a main database, there's a read replica. You scale these back and forth, up and down. This kind of works. It's a very basic setup, and it works pretty okay until there comes a moment where uh, these, this technology, in this case, it's, it's Postgres, it essentially doesn't really scale um, from a, you know, uh, if you want to do a lot of read and writes at the same time, um, a lot of users trying to do a lot of things um, simultaneously, it causes a lot of problems. So with that said, um, we have built out, and this might look a bit overwhelming at first, but uh, it's not really that much. So essentially, what we, ha what we have decided to do, uh, I I'm fully aware of that you can connect Starburst Galaxy to your, to any data source. Uh, for us, however, we want to remove as much compute as possible from the main platform's database so it can be used for what it's meant to be used for. Uh, and then we move our data into a more of a uh, analytical format, uh, which suits better for um, our um, 
AI and reporting and also things kind of in between that. Um, and we use a lot of open source technology. So the whole, uh, before I explain these, these things, a lot of people who are listening probably recognize a lot of the technologies and kind of the approach. So the main thing here is that we work with a lake house architecture. And um, me, myself, I worked a lot in the past with data warehousing or data lakes, and they tend to live their own separate lives and they fit different purposes. And uh, where we do what we do here with the lake house instead is that we combine these two paradigms into the same space so we can do streaming batching, uh, reporting, but also AI driven applications on top of our data. Um, we kind of started out deploying Trino ourselves in Kubernetes. Uh, our team is very, very small. Uh, we're, we're not that many people working on these things. So, uh, and I was very keen on working with Delta. So we don't use Databricks, but we use the open source Delta as our kind of main data layer. And uh, I was playing around a lot with, uh, uh, for the during the last year, there's been a lot of, uh, gains around delta and how to connect to it etc and presto had has a delta connector i believe and that's how i found out about trino and then we started using that a bit for proof of concept and then we moved on to galaxy currently so uh, how all of these components communicate with each other is that a lot of this might be kind of traditional data engineering but we we essentially sync in our data we, move, we have kind of data engineering heavy tools for this if we want to go batch streaming. Uh, and then we also utilize, uh, and this is its, its own compute, obviously. And then on when, once the data is in, we also utilize uh, DBT, in this case, DBT Trino, which is powered by uh, the Galaxy cluster. So not only can we use Galaxy for querying our data, for reporting, but we can also use it to do transformations, like either if it's ELTs or traditional ETLs or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so this gives us a very, very flexible environment where our data is centralized, but our compute is decentralized. So uh, we are not big enough to go full, full on data mesh, but everything we're using currently is trying to make sure that we can actually build our own data products uh, like back-end teams for example they can go in and work with this um, it's quite easy for them to go in and do some you know um, if they want to write something in sport they can do that if we have some business analysts that don't have the engineering experience they can go into dbt and you know do some quite cool stuff there very quickly uh, so we can move very fast we can build very solid foundations and then on top of that people can do their own stuff and um so you know this is just a high overview but so this is the state currently um and i was gonna talk about so we leo is our main ai application you could say so this is something that's obviously outside of the main platform. So when I came to Seven Bridges, the data scientists, they were kind of working with the tools that they had to, to their disposal. And um, they were currently running 
uh, Dask clusters where they were doing all of the data science workloads. Uh, however, as you can imagine, uh, communicating with a Postgres, Postgres database from a distributed system like this is not ideal. So um, the problem here is that this deployment process, it, all of this worked. I mean, in theory, it kind of works, but what happened is that, you know, you would have your database, the main platform data would be there, they would, we would make a copy of that full-on full database and then replicate that out on each worker. So you can imagine how tedious that becomes from a deployment process. So every time you spin up a worker, it has a sidecar Postgres in Kubernetes and and um, while this system runs, sure, this solves scalability, you can scale it horizontally, but it's a lot of pain making sure that it's up and running properly. Essentially, a Postgres is single node, uh, storage and compute on the same node, right? So here you're kind of working against the architecture of a Postgres uh, and making it work. And um, the big problem here was that, sure, it would execute, it would deliver what it needed to deliver. Um, so they would write the out outcome of all these predictions back to the Postgres database so that the backend could fetch it and visualize it to the front end. And then they would have another process writing to S3, uh, just raw parquet, which essentially is not available to query, uh, but just mainly storage. And they could just re read it, you know, kind of local storage style. Um, so with now with Galaxy, we have a new architecture, kind of. And uh, so I, I've just tried to provide the full context here. So on the left, you have the main platform. Uh, I'm visualizing the upper part where we're doing the daily syncs of the data. And we do this at various speeds. So anything currently between five minutes to an hour. And in the first diagram, you might you might you might have seen some um, Debesium, etc. And we were also playing around with CDC, essentially streaming it in. But for now, we we have a latency around five minutes to an hour, depending on what date it is. And um, uh, essentially, this data ends up in uh, in our what we call a silver layer. Um, we have a couple of jobs in between in DBT Trino at the moment where. Uh, a lot of this data that Leo uses, some of it the data scientist decides over, but some other data actually is owned by business analysts. So we need everyone to be able to contribute and modify the source data that Leo needs to do its predictions. And then ultimately, uh, we write it back into the lakehouse uh, where it can become queryable, not just for uh, Leo in this case, but also for the rest of the platform. It can be consumed by any engineering team in the company. Um, so one one great thing with doing it this way instead is that, so we have written our own, so we call it 7B Trino client. So it's based on top of the open source Trino client that Solburst has developed on. And um, we also have a few tweaks with Delta RS inside that, and I can explain more why and the use case around it. But all in all, what happens here is that we can read the data now from the distributed system, and we can write back uh, very quickly 
Um, and we have many different types of loads here. Uh, some workloads are very, very small. Some data sets are very, very tiny, and some others are very, very big. So we need to be able to run distributed query loads when needed. And in some cases, we also need to be able to um, uh, like work with very small data sets. So Delta and Starburst, in this case, in, in, in tandem, gives us that flexibility. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I can explain a little bit more how our own written client works. So um, due to the nature of how how all of these works, sure we we get all the great query performance, uh, like for the reporting, etc. But on the data science loads, a lot of the data is being created at runtime. So that means that um, a lot of the times we need to write new table to new tables we need to create new data sets on the fly very fast and we then need to get it back into the system very quickly so um currently if we want to create a data set in memory which we then write to store through starburst into the, our delta tables we kind of create we kind of mimic what dbt trino is doing but in between we use the open source delta rs library where we can essentially create a temp temporary storage, which we write to. And then from there, we build our absurd command into the target table, which we then run over Galaxy. And uh, this works pretty well. And this is quite cool because anyone who's worked a lot with Spark, obviously you can do all of these things natively in Spark with Delta, but a big we can't tell our data scientists to just switch to, to Spark, for example. So they, they're, they're very keen on using Dask. So we kind of worked around this and without, you know, so Starburst has a big, big part here because the Trino clusters themselves, they offer so much flexibility for us to communicate with the Delta layer uh, in a way that, for instance, if we only use Delta RS, we wouldn't be able to do that because um, it has its own constraints. Um, and then another uh, thing here is when we do reads. So we, in almost all cases, very you know, almost all cases, use Starburst uh, to to read in the client, and and this is this might be some product feedback to to get <laughs> to Starburst itself, not in a bad way at all. But so, like I said before, we have this big variation of some data sets are tiny and some are very big, but we we want to utilize Delta to get the flexibility without having to throw around the data all over the place so that our data scientists can work with it in a coherent way and, and track the data, have the audibility, et cetera. So the good thing with this is that they can write a Python application. Uh, they can query big, big data sets. It will be fetched in a distributed fashion over Galaxy on the Trino cluster, and uh, they can do stuff with it on their end. Uh, and then in our client, we also have a, currently when you run with Starburst, uh, there's a query planner. And for some of our data sets, which are incredibly tiny, essentially it doesn't make a lot of sense to distribute the fetches. We use this Delta RS and DuckDB, but it's in, I would say the ratio here is probably 95% Galaxy and 5% um, where we utilize DuckDB. But uh, the important thing here is that we have that flexibility, and as a user of Galaxy, 
So in general, in, in Seven Bridges, we want to use the right tool for the right job and we want to combine things together. It's possible that, you know, um, you know, it all depends on your use case, but yeah, I just want to show how we use it in an honest way. Uh, and other than that, uh, you know, I have a couple of bullet points uh, in general. So, you know, um, I didn't speak much about that, but the, the old processes around BI reporting when they were running towards uh, the Postgres databases, um, there would be queries there that would run, you know, for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. And as soon as we adopted more of this kind of like as approach and querying the BI through Galaxy, we've, you know, we've done uh, massive, massive, massive gains. And even in some queries that used to run in 45 minutes, we can now run in under a minute. So I'm kind of just saying here carefully 100%, but there's many cases where it's probably much, much higher than that. Um, and uh, yeah, this is crucial as we scale up. Uh, and add on more clients to answer the basic questions. And um, also the utility of Starburst, Galaxy, and our data science workloads. Um, it has simplified so much on our deployment side, like before the data scientists had to fiddle with um, all these Postgres databases on the workers and uh, massive pipelines to do various different things. And now we just have the cluster up. Our client will communicate with the cluster. They can do stuff with it. We can read and we can write. Uh, and it's super flexible. So a person who's never worked with data engineering before cannot just go in and do stuff very, very quickly. Um, and then the DBT Trino stuff or maybe not stuff, but the DBT Trino environment for our business analysts is also great because they can go in, they can write SQL, but it can be computed in a distributed way. And we, you know, that can auto scale in its own way. So that no one has to really worry about tuning, you know, how, how I'm going to make the distribution work in the best way, et cetera. Um, so that's what we see as our self-serve. So that's where you there is some kind of data mesh inspiration. So a lot of our data products uh, need to come and go very quickly. So with DBT, they can go in and do this very fast, uh, show it to a client. If they like it or don't like it, you can tear it up and down. Um, and gives a lot of flexibility. And yeah, I think that's it really. Mm -hmm.